Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on Shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Yeah. Fool me, we can't get fooled again. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey. Hey, Marcus, check out my impression. Let's see it. Um, yum, 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 yum. Mm, mm. Oh, it's good. What is it? What is it? It's the left eating itself. <laughs> Isn't that fun? There, uh, this, this has uh, been a very interesting week. The Democratic Convention obviously has been taking place in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia known for being a city that is on the rise. Everyone's doing great. Infrastructure is strong. <laughs> Communities are happy. Buildings are standing tall. Bridges aren't falling down. None of that is true. <laughs> The DNC went into Philadelphia this year. They cost uh, it cost a hundred and twenty seven million dollars to put on this stroke fest of elitists. It was absolutely it's fascinating when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should. And the, for the uh, for the record, the Republicans they cost uh, one hundred and fourteen million dollars. Okay. So fiscally conservative, <laughs> they only wasted one hundred and fourteen million dollars. The Democrats wasted one hundred and twenty seven million dollars. <laughs> The lesser of two evils. <laughs> think about it, Marcus. Oh, I'm thinking. You're thinking? I'm thinking. You're thinking hard enough about it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to think about it. That's a good idea. <laughs> Don't bother. Everyone predicted the RNC convention in Ohio, in Cleveland, was going to be a nightmare. It was going to be a disaster. It was going to be Mad Max world. It was going to be bloodshed, uh, blood flowing down the streets, fires in every building. It turns out. It was calmer than a Rubik's Cube convention. I mean, and I don't know if there is a Rubik's Cube convention, but if there was, you could imagine how calm it would be. There was only one incident outside of the RNC, and that is when a man tried to burn the American flag, and um, he caught himself on fire instead. <laughs> Sometimes the flag bites back. Don't well, burn the flag when you do. The the flag will burn you. Well, at the DNC convention, the, someone also got burned by a burning flag, but it was the woman trying to stand it out. Oh, wow. Yeah, someone decided they were going to get real clever and burn one of those black and white Rage Against the Machine American flags. Cool. Rage Against the Machine, that band that is worth like $80 million, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. One of the wealthiest bands in the history of music. Somewhere Man, around did there. They, they raged against the machine, but then they were also like, but give me the money as I rage against you. It's almost like we're part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. And so a woman tried stamping it out and she caught her leg on fire. And I actually, I love Rage Against the Machine. I have to say their music is incredible, but there is no denying that they they performed music so well 
that they put themselves in a uh, in a uh, economic class that was much greater than the constituents they were speaking to, much greater than the fans uh, that they were speaking to, and I think they got themselves too rich to be cool. Yeah, That's oh, just yeah. my personal opinion. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Uh, so the DNC convention happened. Bernie Sanders, the Russians, the Ruskies are up to their old tricks, possibly hacked uh, the DNC emails. We don't know if it was the Russians for sure, but let's just say Putin's nipples are standing a little bit harder this week. He's kind of thrilled. The vodka's flowing down his gullet a little bit smoother. You get the feeling if it was the Russians, Putin is having the best week ever. <laughs> well, there was there's definitely uh, quite a few clues that point this. Uh, at the Russians specifically, there was a bit of a signature left behind after the hack, and it was in mm -hmm. Cyrillic. Uh, yeah. You don't get more Russian than Cyrillic. And if you hold the email up to the light, you can <laughs> see Gorbachev's birthmark, <laughs> which is really interesting. As a matter of fact, on all of Russian currency, you know, in the United States, you can hold it up and you see the you see the face of Washington. Mm -hmm. In Russia, the one dollar it just has splotches of vodka. You can see that if you hold it up, and then of course the five dollar. That's got the birthmark. Very <laughs> powerful, and that's how you know it's authentic and worth very little. <laughs> DNC. This was intense. No. Outside the DNC, again, the email uh, hack that happened, for those that are not aware, I'm sure that you are because you're a very informed audience, 20,000 emails from the DNC were, were leaked uh, by WikiLeaks. Julian Assange himself mm -hmm. had his hand in this process. And basically, they point to exactly what Bernie Sanders has been saying this entire time. The system is rigged. The system doesn't want him in. The system doesn't want him to run against Hillary. And the DNC at this time, led by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who looks like a Pomeranian. <laughs> you know what? No, I love Pomeranians. She looks like a poodle. A poodle? Oh, yeah. She's a poodle woman. She's got a poodle hair. <laughs> She uh, purposely tried to derail the Sanders campaign yeah. from the very beginning, and they did so using what many people believe to be typical Southern Republican politics. Uh, they used typical Republican uh, politics of the South when it came to tactics. Republican or Repo Democrat? Oh, you're talking Republican. about Southern strategy I am talking stuff. Southern strategy, Ooh. race bait. There was one situation where obviously uh, – Hillary and, and Bernie at this time, they were campaigning. I believe it was Virginia. It might have been West Virginia. Mm -hmm. West Virginia, of course, where Hillary told every coal worker that she was going to put them out of a job. They didn't love it. They didn't vote for her. They had a strategy in, the, in, in Virginia or West Virginia, let's just say both, where a person from uh, Washington emailed and just suggested that perhaps Hillary bring up the fact that Bernie Sanders is an atheist. Yeah. A.K.A. an atheist Jew. They wanted to play the religion card in those uh, because they believe they are. The Democrats are so ignorant to how intelligent many people are. They believe that they can just divide uh, people based on religion. And anyone who hears that Bernie Sanders is an atheist, even if they love every single one of his economic ideas, they're going to be like, but he doesn't believe in the fictional thing that I believe in. No way. I don't even care about having a job anymore. I'm going to go with the chick who believes in the fictional thing that I believe in, even though I know she doesn't actually believe it. She's just saying because she knows that I believe it. Yeah, I don't know, man. So people really do. Like, they get really rankled when it comes to religion. You know, they, the Bernie Sanders, I was on the, I was driving up to um, 
Chappaqua, New York, yesterday with uh, with Tom Shalou, and that's of course where Hillary uh, is is currently living because, uh, like all good carpetbagger um, politicians, after her uh, husband left office in 2000, she knew she wanted to run for Senate, so she moved to Chappaqua, New York, one of the nicest towns in New York, and then immediately started to run against at the time Gen- Judge Janine Pirro. Mm. Do you know this story? No. So Hillary starts running. She moves in uh, to Chappaqua. All of a sudden, she's all about New York. She never lived here before. It was, it's, it's a total ruse. That's why they call it carpetbagging, mm. which also sounds like a hot sexual act. <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. And uh, Judge Janine Pirro, who has a show on Fox News. I mean, she's a total nightmare of a person. But uh, she was giving her speech, and she got to – this is when she was trying to run for Senate against Hillary. She got to page 11, which was like the climax of her speech – and she didn't have it. Oh. So she's nine, ten. She turns the page, and then she looks at her staffers, and she says, where's 11? <laughs> where's 11? So naturally, uh, the next day, she said she had to drop out because she wanted to spend more time with her family. Oh, it where's a, 11? It, where's 11? It was oh. a huge embarrassment for Janine Pirro and her candidacy. And then some other dude, I think it was, I, I forget his last name, ran against Hillary and got absolutely... Demolished. Demolished. So we were in Chappaqua, and I was driving up with this guy named Brian. And, uh, you know, he's by all means a conservative. And he was talking to me about how he really thought that if Bernie was elected, he would he would be thrilled if Bernie was elected. And Bernie hit so many different people on so many different levels, especially when it came to this guy. So interesting. Total Trump supporter at this point completely for single-payer health care. He's like, if you're going to have the government option, they should just take care of everything, and you should just go and pay 50 bucks, uh, you know, for a foot exam or whatever you have. So there are so many things in Bernie's platform that I think resonated with people in Virginia, with the working class, um, people in the country, that I don't think they care what his religion is whatsoever. And an atheist president isn't the worst thing of all time. I mean, we've got one right now. Mm, that's not what I've heard around the halls of News Corps. They think he's another religion. Anyway, so the DNC convention outside, the protests were more heated than you can ever imagine uh, because of the email uh, WikiLeak release, which, by the way, they called Hillary Leaks, and I think that's disturbing. You never want to hear the words Hillary Leaks. I want to vomit a little bit. Oh, God. Hillary Leaks. <sighs> <laughs> if you think about it long enough yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hillary leaks the protests were huge um, and uh, they but they really they they were not covered whatsoever Fox News covered it a little bit because it makes the Democrats look bad mm-hmm. MSNBC had very minimal coverage and CNN had none yeah the CNN uh news brand is so in bed with the Clintons it is ridiculous there's a guy named Paul Begala on there and he looks like um oh I don't know he looks like a like a worm trying to become a teenager <laughs> you know it's just really bizarre he, he's just he's, he's gotta be 65 years old yeah. but he never grew up and he never will He's in charge of a super PAC for Hillary. And, of course, uh, going back to uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, because of this email scandal, she's out. Yeah. She's no longer the uh, the chairman of the DNC, who is in none other than a massive talking head for CNN, Donna Brazil. Yeah, and a massive Clinton supporter as well. Massive Clinton supporter. So uh, CNN covered has been covering the DNC 
in a in a dangerous way, in my opinion. Absolutely zero constructive criticism, zero actual uh, criticism of policy. They're just buying the rhetoric, hook, line, and sinker. They're loving the musical performances mm-hmm. and the funny quips from Lena Dunham. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> Hillary leaks. <laughs> Good God. Oh, yeah, I just think Dunham Leaks. Dunham Leaks. I actually kind of like that. That sounds like a construction company. Or a faucet company. A good plumbing company. Dunham Leaks. Is your shitter full? Call Dunham Leaks. We'll unshit it. I don't know. My nephew wrote this. I'm not sure if that's a proper thing to say. So uh, I'm watching CNN. They're covering uh, the convention. Paul Begala at one point got called out by this guy, Jeffrey Lords, who uh, is a Trumper. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, you know, the Democrats, ca- uh, you know, were one of the major uh, proponents of slavery back in the day. And Paul Begala had the audacity to be like, yeah, you know what? Us Democrats, we're kind of over it. That's what he said. They're just over it. Kind of over what? Slavery? They're over having <laughs> slaves. They're over <laughs> being oh. a major political party that, that was uh, supportive of slavery. Ugh, They're yeah. done with it. I mean, you know, like slavery, it's so 1862. Right. So 1862. Get over it. <laughs> so we have the establishment wing of the uh, of the Democratic Party that is completely in denial and not accepting of uh, the Bernie Sanders supporters whatsoever. There's a total fracture in the Democratic Party, and with the uh, with the appointment of uh, of Tim Kaine as as Hillary's vice president, uh, the fix is in uh, more than ever for that wing of the party. Tim Kaine is a very centrist. Uh, he is a he's a he's a senator, a, a former governor um, of Virginia, and. Um, there is, and of course, Terry McAuliffe, who is uh, who is now the governor of, uh, I believe it's Virginia. If you want to Google that, Marcus, that would Terry McAuliffe is huge with the uh, with the Clintons, so he's going to guarantee that if Tim Kaine get gets into the White House, that Senate seat is filled with another Democrat. We've been talking about that previously. Why can't it be Elizabeth Warren? There is a Republican governor in Massachusetts. He would fill that seat with a Republican, and that's been happening uh, as well with Cory Booker, obviously, w- with Chris Christie being the governor of New Jersey. So it's sort of a perfect storm of events, but at no point did she even consider giving any red meat to the people who supported Bernie Sanders, and I believe what was it, 13 million people that came out and voted for him? I mean, the number was astronomical. It was huge. And uh, so they're they're very upset. During the roll call, when they were trying to, you know, get the official delegate count for Hillary, they wouldn't even let the Bernie Sanders people get close to the microphone. Yeah. And it was it was it was much more uproarious than it was at the RNC. But they didn't even cover it. Well, that's the funny thing about uh, these two conventions, because, you know, we all know that the primary process for this presidential cycle has been extremely fractured. Both parties are extremely fractured. The Republicans, though, they were able to get their party except for Ted Cruz. United, they right. were like they. You could tell that there were quite a few people that were swallowing the Trump sandwich a little bit, and they Ooh. did not like it. Uh, but by the time the convention came, the Republicans were able to unite behind this monster that they have chosen. But the Democrats have not been able to do that whatsoever. They're still extremely fractured. The Bernie or bust movement is still going strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, Bernie Sanders? Maybe running a third party uh, type of situation. Who knows? Well, I don't think that Bernie will. Bernie is in a, uh, you know, he's in uh, Dr. Frankenstein created a monster. And he's in the Dr. Frankenstein trying to rein in his monster phase of his storyline. Yeah. When, when he spoke at the DNC, 
he sort of pivoted a little bit to a Ted Cruz type situation by saying that the revolution continues, but then quickly got out of that and fully endorsed Hillary Clinton. It was extremely Extremely sad to watch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that was his last chance, you know? Like, it was his entire life leading up to this moment. It was, you know, it's sort of like a John right. McCain type of thing where, you know, their entire lives lead up to this is my last chance, this is when it's going to happen for me, uh, and then it just doesn't happen. Well, and what we didn't see after uh, Bernie Sanders got off the stage at the DNC, and this is actually confirmed by multiple news reports, he took off his, uh, he took off his tie and uh, he handed it to a Secret Service person, and uh, the Secret Service person said, you did a good job. The tie didn't explode. You know, it was, they bombed the tie. They put a bomb in his tie. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you. The Clinton campaign, they put a bomb in, in Bernie Sanders' tie. There's no way that's not true. And had, it, had, he, had he misspoke... That you would have started hearing some ticking. There's no way that's not true. There's no way. <laughs> but thankfully, Frank Drebin from Police Squad was there to save the entire thing. It's a nightmare. He even did it with Norberg in prison. Oh, my God. It's almost like he killed his uh, ex, ex-wife and her boyfriend. <laughs> Nordberg's had an interesting, interesting path. Yeah, so so Bernie got out alive. Thank God. But you mentioned Bernie going in for a third party run. I don't see it happening. I think now he's with the DNC. He's fully committed. It is what it is. Um, but obviously, we have Gary Johnson, and we have uh, and we have uh, Jill Stein. Jill Stein. Um, and the one thing that I've seen lately on social media that has been really bothering me, and I usually do not care about social media. It's fun to watch people engaged, and then you get mad at each other, mm. and then they then friendships are lost. <laughs> it's fun to watch friendships just constantly be ruined over things that they have no control over. <laughs> and that's what the government wants, by the way. They love to watch you Facebook fight. Oh, they God. love to see everybody destroyed. They love that the they love when when Sarah Silverman goes on stage and talks about how anyone su- who supports Bernie uh, Sanders needs to get over it and grow up, mm-hmm. which is insane uh, that she said that, by the way, a little bit out of her league, I thought. That was it was extremely rude considering Sarah Silverman was totally in the bag for Bernie. But again, the, one of the things that I always criticized a lot of the Bernie supporters, so-called Bernie supporters for, was because Bernie was the cool choice and it didn't hurt their, uh, it didn't hurt their uh, reputation as being a hip cat mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And everyone's trying to be a hip cat. <laughs> don't tell me they're not. Yeah, everyone's trying to be a hip cat. You ever been a hip cat? Never. It's super fun. I don't ever want to be a hip cat. The clothes <laughs> don't fit me. When I was 12 years old, I was too big for Hot Topic. Oh, really? That's it. And you then, were, then you're ruined. Oh, and I, man, I, I, was had, a, I was a hip Hot Topic kid. I couldn't go. I didn't, yeah. They didn't have any fat Marilyn Manson shirts, and I know for a fact there were a lot of fat Marilyn Manson fans. Most Marilyn Manson fans were fat. A lot of them. <laughs> they didn't have any fat shirts. Hot Topic, that's why they should have gone out to... Go out of business, and they did. No, and they're still going strong. Are dude. they going strong? Oh yeah. You know what's going on a business is Jose Bank. <laughs> they're closing like two hundred stores or something. But you know, I'm I, mean, I can't wait for the sales. It's gonna be big. <laughs> going on a business sale every weekend already at Jose Bank. They pretend like they're having a going out of business sale, but they're staying in business. But now they're going out of business, so they're going on a business sale. Is a real going out of business sale? I'm going to get 10 jackets for the price of seven jackets. You don't have that big of a closet. <gasps> I have so many. I got nine jackets right now. I'm going to get 18 jackets. Maybe 19 jackets. You're going to have more jackets than shirts. I don't even have to wear a shirt under them. I'll wear a jacket over a jacket. I don't care anymore. I know you don't own 18 shirts. No. <laughs> well, I technically do, but I keep on eating my way out of them and then losing weight, and then I forget where I put them, and then the whole thing falls apart. 
Anyway, <laughs> I want to talk to you about this one issue that really bothers me, and it's something the Republicans and the Democrats are both trying to jam down our throats. Again, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are not the United States government. They are just two parties who are currently occupying Washington. Yeah. They are not they are not the government. The Federal Reserve is not part of the government and Democrats and Republicans, we could have any party in there. You know, so many people I feel like we've kind of lost the idea. These are just two independent entities that are occupying our White House. Yeah. Well, they've been occupying uh, our White House and they've been occupying Congress for, you know, the better part not since the Bull Moose party. But, and who doesn't love a Bull Moose party? <laughs> I like the yeah. Whigs, the Bull Moose, bring yeah. them back. Yeah, the Federalists. Why not? But yes, I mean, they they are not, you know, d- don't be too confused about it. They're just they're just two individual entities and that's why they're so corrupt and so disgusting they're just desperate to hold on to the power that they have so don't listen to them when they talk about a third party candidate being a vote for anybody else other than the person that you're voting for let's take gary johnson for example a lot of people have been saying a vote for gary is a vote for hillary and vice versa it's not true and it's and there's so many case studies to prove that it's not true let's just look in 1992 what happened with another clinton mr bill clinton George H.W. Bush and Ross Perot. Ross Perot ended up getting 18% of the total vote. He didn't win a damn state because, you know, it's almost like our elections are flawed. (laughs) He got 19 million voters. A lot of Republicans believe that Ross Perot cost H.W. the election. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because H.W. was one of the worst candidates in history who looked like he was slightly more bored or looked like he was slightly more miserable than a blasphemer in the Middle Ages getting a heretic fork stuck down their chin and on their damn chest plate. He looked miserable the entire time he was running. H.W. was a bad candidate. Looking at his watch, promising no new taxes, raising taxes, he set himself up to fail. The reality is... Ross Perot, if H if he would have cost HW the election, HW, if you take the voters who voted for Ross Perot and force them to vote for a Democrat or a Republican, Ross Perot's out of the ticket, it would have required 66% of Ross Perot's voters to vote for H.W. Bush. So it would have taken, it would have had to be a 58% for uh, H.W. and only 42% of those voters would have had to go to, would have gone to Clinton in order for Perot to have swayed the election, which is absolutely, totally, completely impossible. Yeah. That swing is way too much. So it's a total misnomer. It's a complete lie that these people uh, who run on third-party tickets are somehow costing other people the election. It's not true and you have the situation right now with gary there was just a recent poll that came out oh you're on first name basis now yeah you interviewed him (laughs) what do you want me to call him johnson he's i mean he's not he's not late to working at wendy's johnson johnson (laughs) the chili's getting cold johnson where the hell you been i've been trying to feed my family take care of my wife she's you're fired johnson johnson no come back johnson Yeah, I wish I was a boss, just and I would have a Johnson. Everyone's named Johnson. <laughs> I'm Piotrowski. You're a Johnson now, Johnson. Don't bother with me. So, yes, Gary. 
Uh, there was a recent poll that came out, for example. It shows Trump is doing very well right now in these polls. He's up 47% to 40 against Hillary. Obviously, they're going through a bit of an RNC bump. It's, it's kind of a traditional thing where the first time uh, the nation sees a candidate, they tend to like that candidate. And, of course, these conventions are nothing but four-day infomercials. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing. If, we, if you watch nothing but slap chop videos... For a day, you'd be like, Slap Chop looks like a pretty goddamn great device. I don't even know how I've been cutting onions before the Slap Chop. I need it. So you get a little bit of a bounce, and I am surprised that Trump got such a large bounce because I thought his speech was all over the place at the RNC, and it was horrified. Yeah, and it was it was uh, dystopian. It was very dystopian, but I guess we're living in dystopia, so again, perhaps he's reflecting the reality of the world as, as people are seeing it, and I, I, that's the only thing I can uh, gather. And so Obviously, he's resonating with people. I, I watched it, and I thought everyone was, everyone was going to be on board with me being like, that was a little bit gold water on steroids. I was Barry Goldwater on juice, but uh, people seem to like it. And, you know, I think you, you really uh, hit the nail on the head when you say the way people see it. Yeah. Because right now, America is doing pretty good as far as uh, when you compare it to the past, you know, when you compare it to the 70s or the 90s, you know, when you compare it to these, especially the 70s, when you compare America to the 70s, like uh, America is doing great. The crime rate is down uh, a lot. The well, there was 300 the, people killed in Chicago in July. Yeah. I mean, that that's Chicago, though. Yeah. That's not America. Uh, and that's what people look at. Oh, buddy. I mean, the that's... Cubs, the White Sox, <laughs> Chris Farley. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Chicago. That's terrible. Uh, but in uh, New York City, if you look at the crime rate of the 70s in New York City, it was much worse than that. And that's not the entire country is that I think people see what's going on in other parts of right. the country. They see the worst of what's happening in they the see, world. They see the worst of what's happening in the world. Yeah. And just the way the way humans are built is we have an instinct that says, okay, I see this bad thing happening. I must worry about this bad thing happening around me. Well, naturally, that's how we survive. Yeah. And, of course, people don't re- – whatever happens in, in uh, you know, in Germany and in France and, and, and God knows where in, in Afghanistan there was just a suicide bomber that killed, I believe, 80. Um, whenever you see these things constantly on the news, they become one – uh, idea in your mind and um, without having uh, it, it, you can often times blow things out of proportion when you take into account there's six billion people in the world the idea the the reality of actually getting killed by a terrorist is about as small as it's ever been I mean you have a much better chance of being eaten by a shark than being killed in a terrorist attack in Ooh, America I'd like that yeah. anyway but or struck by lightning. Either Ooh, one. I'd also do that to get the cool veins. <laughs> Google uh, uh, veins struck by lightning. It's really fun. It is real fun. It's a fractal. Hey, we talked about that on the last podcast on the left. <laughs> so just going back uh, briefly, I mean, you know, with Marcus, but to your point, we have, you know, 40, we have 5% unemployment, but it's because 40 million people aren't looking for jobs anymore. I do think people are terrified of the future. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll and go it, on. And that's not to say that America doesn't have a lot of problems right now. We, we absolutely issues. do. We have some gigantic problems, but it is not post-apocalyptic. Uh, you know, this is not apocalyptic problems. These aren't dystopian problems. Well, again, go but on. if we go in the direction that we're going, if we go in the direction that Trump is, it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, we're sometimes gonna- you got to hit rock bottom before you can go to rehab. <sighs> and I think that is actually a lot of people's thinking when it comes to Trump. They're like, well, he's going to burn it down. We got to in order to rebuild it. You got to burn it down first. I mean, I've been saying that for a long time, but uh, now that I'm sort of faced with it, 
I don't want to burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> Point counterpoint. This is the new show Marcus and I are doing. It's called Burn It Down. Don't, don't burn, burn it, it down. down. Don't burn it down. Burn it down. Don't burn it down. Boom. That's a great show. <laughs> it's one of the better. Honestly, that show would be like number one on cable. Yeah. And under Trump, we might be able to sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. Um, so just rec- just going back really quick, I just want to talk a little bit more about the third party candidate. So a recent poll showed uh, Trump was at 43%, Hillary was at 39%, Jill Stein was at 3%, Gary Johnson was at 9%. Ooh, those are numbers. Who mm. doesn't love to hear those? I love them. Long story short, take out Jill, take out Jill Stein, take out, uh, take out Gary Johnson. The polls go 47% to 43%. Uh, in favor of Trump to Hillary. No change when it comes to actual support. They pull equally from both sides. All social science has pointed to this. So when you get in arguments with people that talk about how you like Gary Johnson, you like Jill Stein, and if you like Hillary or Trump, that's uh, you know, good for you too. But if you do happen to like one of those so-called fringe candidates, those crazy people who uh, love the idea of, uh, hum- uh, of autonomy and, and freedom, um, you can always point out the fact that at no point in time uh, in national elections mm-hmm. I'm not talking about in 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 uh, in, in, in congressional elections because then you can you can't have a third party really change uh, the race I mean votes can be decided by a hundred you know elections can be decided by a hundred votes uh, rather but in a national election there's never been a situation where a third party candidate has taken uh, away from a has 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 created an outcome that otherwise would not have existed if they were not there. Well, uh, is there a different, like, is there something when people, when people talk about taking votes away, I mean, they're talking about popular votes, right? And popular votes don't matter. Do these third-party candidates do well at all in swing states? Ross Perot got zero delegates. Yeah. He got zero electoral college votes. (laughs) Yeah, of course. He had he had 19 million people voted for him. Yeah. He got zero. Was he doing, so, did he do better in like red states or, well, or do better in blue states or do better in swing states? Because Perot was the, very interesting. He yeah. was against, well, at this point, NAFTA hadn't been passed, but he would have been against NAFTA. He would have been, been against TPP. He was totally socially liberal. He did not give a shit. He was a businessman. Yeah. And, you know, business people just don't care. I mean, by law, business people haven't been allowed to discriminate for a very long time. And it's really, their bottom line is profit. What happened with Perot, he dropped out in July amid... I forget what scandal it was, and then he came back a little bit later, about two months, and he never really got the traction uh, that he needed to uh, to win, e- even though there was very little shot of him winning whatsoever. So because of the way that we have our system set up with the Electoral College, which is why it's important in this election cycle, one of the fun things about voting third party, specifically Libertarian, which I do not necessarily love the Libertarian Party as a whole, but it seems like a viable option to get 5% in the general election vote, not in Electoral College votes not in uh you know not in states they don't have to win any states just get five percent of the national vote and then they can get matched federal funding in 2020 uh, matched federal funding in 2020 which i think would really benefit us as a nation to just have three viable options to actually look for look at and choose from. I agree completely. I mean, that's what's so fascinating about Trump. I mean, he was able to run an insurgent campaign from inside a national political party, and he won, and he just totally exposed the fact that there are millions and millions of Americans who do not feel supported whatsoever. Um, all right, so let's just get back. Anyway, that's my little blurb on the third-party candidate. Don't let people lie to you about you're taking a vote away from uh, somebody else. People vote for who they want to vote for. Uh, very rarely does voter fraud happen in the sense. Sometimes it'll happen in an open primary, but I believe it's very rare because it's difficult enough to get people off their couches and to the polls. Sometimes people will actively vote for somebody who they believe will be an e- easier person for the person that they like 
uh, to beat, you know, so they will, so they'll vote for like, you know, whatever, maybe Donald Trump mm-hmm. thinking that he would be an easier opponent for Hillary Clinton than somebody like a John Kasich. So, but I think that voter fraud is extremely small. You Ex- think so? Extremely, extremely small. No one is, no one cares enough. Nobody cares enough. And also, it's like you're still voting for a person, and you never know what – I mean, so theoretically, it, it would have – it backfired against anybody who thought Trump was going to be a, a better can- – uh, an easier candidate for Hillary to beat. Oh. So anyway. <sighs> Let's get back to the DNC quickly here. Um, the, the Democrats, uh, they, they have their platform. We went through the RNC platform. We don't get a lot of time here. But we can just, it's, it's pretty much the same stuff as always. One of the things I like about it, they want to abolish the death penalty, which I am totally in favor of. I feel like what we have right now uh, with death row in particular, it's larger than just putting these people to death. It is about the whole institution of, of death row, the solitary confinement that these people suffer through for 20 years, 30 years. They're buried alive. A lot of these people are worse than trash. Um, but you know what? Dahmer wasn't sentenced to death and he still died. They'll find a way. <laughs> a prison guard will turn his head, give a guy a wrench and tell him to go at it. Yeah, And of course, it's much more expensive than life in prison because of the appeals process. Yeah. And there have been countless examples in which people have been executed and have been exonerated post mortem through DNA evidence. Our justice system is our justice system is way too flawed to give it the power of life and death. I mean, can you imagine being exonerated post mortem? I'd be so pissed. <laughs> Wall Street reform not happening. That's all I'm going to say about it. They're, they're talking about bringing back an updated and modernized version of Glass-Steagall, which I know, Marcus, you're a massive fan of Glass-Steagall. Of course. Um, but you wonder, because Hillary gets most of her money from Wall Street, I think those are all empty words, and uh, I don't believe one bit of them. Uh, immigration, this is kind of an interesting platform. So during the DNC, Hillary uh, brought in two illegal immigrants. They brought them to the convention, and technically that is one of the uh, a huge... Huge felony. Yeah. Uh, they, they transported illegal, uh, illegal immigrants across state lines. Um, so you, I guess you can just sort of add that to the list of felonies. But it is interesting that uh, the Democrats at this point, they don't even seem to be asking for a path to citizenship. They just want to sort of exonerate everybody who is here illegally. And, uh, of course, you can argue they're here illegally because of a huge underground market that is borderline indentured servitude, borderline slavery. They know for a fact if the people are working under the table, they can pay them three bucks and they're not going to the cops yeah it's the exact same thing if a dude hires a prostitute she steals all of his money you know what are you gonna do you hired a prostitute you can't you can't exactly call the cops and be like the call girl that i illegally (laughs) had over my apartment you know she stole my wallet yeah you can't really complain about it so it's a way um to keep people um from reporting a lot of injustices that they're seeing in the workplace uh, universal health care, obviously, that's something uh, that Hillary just wants to continue to expand on and hopefully perfect. Honoring indige- uh, indigenous tribal nations, uh, climate change and clean energy, which I'm not really sure exactly how they plan on doing that. I feel like this is, I mean, I don't want to get Republican on this thing, but I am just a little bit over Obama and uh, the left talking about how uh, in- the environment is the number one problem facing our nation right now because we can only do so much. I mean, the EPA can only do so much. And when they talk about lowering emissions from from factories and things like that, these factories can just pay the tax. That's why I don't like the EPA. The EPA is just another uh, money grab for the government that does nothing to actually halt pollution. 
It doesn't work. These corporations can pay the bill. They can pay the tax. There is no stopping of pollution. And most of the pollution is happening in industrializing nations like China, Japan. You know, they are they're they're doing the majority of the pollution. We do our fair share. We do our fair we share. Of course, we're, we're good share. people. We do our fair share. <laughs> we're picking up our load. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there are definitely there needs to be more uh, environmental protections. But I do agree that the EPA is a, a pretty useless uh, and ineffective and a lot of times meddlesome government department. I agree. All right. And then lastly, criminal justice reform, which, again, the Republicans touched on as well. I am very happy that both sides uh, of our political part, both political parties in this nation right now are addressing criminal justice reform as a real issue mm. and seen it as a real issue. Of course, Hillary has direct connection with the criminal justice problem that we're currently living in. So like all politicians do. What they do, they in order to stay in power, they cause a problem and they run on a platform to fix that problem that they caused. Without a problem, without a reason for them to run, there's nothing. There's no rhetoric and there's no speech they can give. So Hillary talking about criminal justice reform bothers me to no end. Super predators, 94 crime bill. You know, in in um, in 1996, it was the Defense Authorization Act that we talked about on the militarization of the police episode. In 1996. Uh, Bill Clinton signed in Program 1033, which was a huge boost to getting uh, military equipment to local police precincts and to local law enforcement agencies. Uh, Hillary was all about Program 1033. She absolutely loved it. You, you, so you look at every single thing that is that that we're pointing to as some of the problems in our country right now between when it comes to community policing and, uh, and and the residents of those communities. And you can point directly to policies that Hillary Clinton supported, adamantly supported, completely backed, 100% backed, and you can point to them as a massive reason for the problems that we're currently having today. So it bothers me to no end that when she is talking about criminal justice reform as if she's always been on the front lines of freedom for minorities in this nation and uh, on the front lines against uh, you know criminal justice uh, criminal mis criminal the criminal justice system's misjustice she has not been she's been for it she loves it she's part of it She's a huge part of the problem, and that and that bothers me. And that's why when they had they brought out six mothers um, uh, for the they were doing a Black Lives Matters thing. It was Sandra Bland's mother, Trayvon Martin's mother, um, and then um, uh, uh, four others. And I, I believe um, uh, Michael Brown's mother was there, of course, uh, from Ferguson. And uh, one of the great ironies was, of course, the white people at the Democratic National Convention, 99% white. But the media didn't make a make a joke about that. Only when it was a Republican all-white con- convention. They're both all-white conventions. Yeah. So stop it, okay? Um, they point to, like, the same black they, – they point to the same, like, five black people in the crowd every single time. Just notice it. <laughs> There's five of them there. They do exactly what the Russians did during the Cold War when we thought they had hundreds and hundreds of planes. They just flew the same five just over and over. <laughs> over and over again the dn the, the cnn especially watching the dnc coverage they just go to the same five black people and they just hope we're to, that we think there's like thousands of them <laughs> it's the same five people well and, and what i want to say when, when sandra bland's mother started talking about criminal justice reform she could barely get a, a word in edgewise because all of these white people were shouting her down with the with black lives matter screaming at her black lives matter and she's like i'm a black life and you're not letting me talk <laughs> So stop it. Well, anyway. I, 
I think something that, uh, that, that, that this election is such a huge missed opportunity because uh, the, the what you're talking about with Hillary Clinton as far as all of these uh, horrendous bills that she backed uh, back in the 90s that she's trying to flip around to say that you know she was always against this sort of thing now that sort of thing could have been talked about more had she been going up against a reasonable candidate someone like John Kasich because now if you put that forth that argument say you know like yeah you know Hillary, Hillary Clinton is a huge hypocrite she supported this stuff back then doesn't support it now now the only argument people have to make is yeah but trump because that's the only other option so people right. are like yeah if you don't vote for clinton yeah but trump so we don't i don't have to talk about hillary clinton at all but, i don't have to debate hillary clinton at all because the other option is trump is so awful that I mean, is going to play again marcus I am telling you, Trump. I just this this Trump supporter in Chappaqua was interesting. Every time I talk to true Trump supporters, it is fascinating because you really don't think that they exist. And oftentimes, this is one of the, this is going to be one of the great surprises in November. These are people who don't say they support Trump because they don't want to get demonized in their communities for supporting Trump, especially in a blue state, um, and specifically for the Chappaqua case in, in Hillary Clinton's hometown. Where is the passion? Mm-hmm. Oh, but she's she's not Trump is not a motivating factor. I mean, it is a little bit. But the people, the 4 million new voters that Trump brought into the Republican Party, uh, those people are on fire for Trump. I mean, my Twitter feed blows up. You make fun of Trump. I mean, these people, I mean, they're total dickheads. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't, but dickheads vote. Yeah, they do. You know, and and if you look at Trump, uh, you know, again, channeling sort of that Perot-like message against TPP, very pro-social issues, doesn't care. Caitlyn Jenner's at his event. Uh, the LGBTQ stuff, obviously, uh, being pro-LGBTQ, obviously sort of channeling uh, the hatred into, uh, you know, Muslims and things like that. But, I mean, the Democrats have to be extremely careful not to underestimate Trump because the people that like him, we don't even know who they are yet. We only know the people who actively supported him in a primary. In a general, it's going to be fascinating. We have more terror attacks happening all over the world. We continue to see uh, unrest here at home. And the Democrats going on stage and talking about how America is has always been great and is still great, people are pissed. No one is happy. No one is making money. Everyone is upset. So when they hear the Democrats talking about how America has always been great and is still great, there's a huge disconnect. Trump's rhetoric is resonating because people are pissed. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But but do not, if you're a Democrat out there, don't just argue against Trump. You have to argue for Hillary, and you have to find a reason to support her, and you have to find a reason to sway an undecided voter to your camp because those undecideds, uh, those undecideds in this election, we know Trump is an idiot. Now he's calling Hillary Hillary rotten Clinton. I mean, it's it is it's it's it's, it's as if a garbage pail cat kid <laughs> from the garbage pail kid collection ran for president. Yeah, Donald that- Dump ran for president <laughs> and he's winning. You know, it's Booger Brain's going to be his his partner and whatever like P- Penelope Pimple is going to be you know Secretary of State. I mean, that's what's happening. But we know who he is. You make a very good point. I mean, my only hope is that the people that are so excited for him now just kind of get bored by the time November comes. They get he sick just of came him. out with Hillary Rotten Clinton. <laughs> it is the garbage pail candidacy, garbage pail kid candidacy, and people they know it's juvenile. Yeah. And again, burn it down.
Burn, burn it down. Oh, you just lost. Uh, don't burn it down. Wow, no, I won this actually, episode. Actually, you did. You bugs bunnied me. I yeah. bugs bunnied you. <laughs> I won this episode of Burn It Down, Don't Burn It Down. Whoever says don't burn it down or burn it down first is the winner. You said burn it down. Yeah, I said it. Hell yeah, everyone, you heard it. Listeners at home. And by the way, how are you listeners at home? I hope you're doing well. Uh, we love you very much. All right, just finally with the Democrats, this is one thing we can all get on board with, marijuana. Yay! All right, this is committee members McKibben and Browner worked on an amendment supporting states that choose to decriminalize marijuana. The amendment also recognized that marijuana laws have an unacceptable disparate impact uh, with arrest rates for marijuana possession among African Americans far outstripping arrest rates among whites despite similar usage rates. The committee passed the amendment unanimously so we can all get behind the democratic party for wanting to legalize or at the very least decriminalize marijuana that's a great thing we can all bond over we can all get behind that we can all and it's going to make this whole election process a lot easier and if you just smoke a bunch of weed and like don't pretend like this is real <laughs> woo, you're going to find yourself having a great time yeah, just don't space on the day of the vote don't space on the day of the vote unless you're voting for i don't even know what Penelope Pimple. <laughs> Penelope Pimple for Secretary of State. That would be a great option. Let's do it. Oh, my God. But, you know, if Trump does get elected, Ivanka. Whew, don't even get me going. You can just, there's just beautiful women everywhere, Ben. Ivanka's so hot, though. <laughs> you don't, you don't need a beautiful, you don't need the first lady to be beautiful. You can just, and by the way, you can just Google her at any time. There's plenty of pictures out there. I do. <laughs> Briefly, Trump, of course, has been asking the Russians to do more digging into Hillary's emails, which is technically also illegal. It's very illegal, yes. So people are, uh, man, this is nuts. Anyway, so uh, it's all good. Yeah, it's There's, fine. I mean, it's not like my brother's texting me at, like, worried awake at 1 in the morning. Oh, just no. Just worried we're all fucked. Like, yeah. No. It's going to get weird. It's all good. It's going to get really it's weird. It's extremely weird. <laughs> like, it's going to, like, this election, by the time we get to, like, October, it's going to get really, really weird. And then if Donald Trump, can you imagine how weird America is going to get if Donald Trump is president? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just if, if John Waters wrote what he wanted to have happen to America, <laughs> this is exactly what it would be. It's going to get weird. It's a strange, strange time. Um, all right, so that's a little bit about the DNC convention. We weren't able to go into quite the same amount of detail as we did with the Republicans because it's a 55-page document that's extremely wordy and extremely cumbersome. But basically, uh, the status quo maintains the same for the Democratic Party. Bernie got very, very little passed, um, and they really they didn't even throw him a bone with Tim Kaine. So if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter, I highly recommend uh, you know looking to a third party. I mean, if you want to sniff around Trump, you can sniff around Trump. I do think there will be some people that go for him. I've said it the whole time. Yeah. Um, but uh, or, you know, figure out, uh, see if you want to vote for Hillary, um, which is also possible. All right. Go to the Facebook page. It's the Abe Lincoln's Top Hat Facebook page. It's full of fun times and hot action. Everyone's talking. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> How do you do that? That's fun good. times and hot action. Fun times and hot Everyone's action. Everyone's talking. Everyone's talking. Everyone's fun. talking. Fun times and hot action on the Abe Lincoln's Top Hat Facebook page. Facebook page, yeah. <laughs> Find Marcus on Twitter and on Instagram at Marcus Parks. I'm on Instagram at Ben Kissel one and on Twitter at Ben Kissel. Um, let's see. I think that's pretty much it, Marcus. I, I think I'm going to change my Twitter to at fun times and hot action. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I think there's probably already a fun times and hot action. Uh, probably not safe for work. Probably not. Mm, all right. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.